What's up, guys? Max here back with another episode of the Scuttlebutt Show. I hope you're all excited for today's episode. You can let me know in the poll that I just created that I just right now realized is a thing. It's apparently at the bottom of my uh, YouTube studio here right now, so I can do polls. I want to let you guys know I uh, am like completely deaf in one of my ears right now because I tried to clean my ears out this morning, and so everything sounds jacked up to me because I pushed some earwax deep into the canals of my ear, and I'm pretty sure into my brain. I'm super excited for today's show. Let me start with the about yesterday. I hope you guys had a great day yesterday. I enjoyed yesterday's show. That was a lot of fun. I had to bounce and go shoot for the documentary, something that literally had tears in my eyes. And I'm so excited to eventually show you this doc. I know I've been hyping it up massively. So eventually that thing is going to premiere. We're going to have a big party here in Okinawa. And uh, I'm so excited for that. I want to say shout out to Philip, who's been a member for two months. And, uh, and it just upgraded you to your two month icon. So that's pretty cool. The member thing is working. So you got the, uh, you got the member icon upgrade there. And let me say what's up to everybody in the chat. We got uh, Chris from Veteran Influencers, Ed Nuggets, Justin first in the chat today. Larry, Justin also first patron ever. Same day as uh, Rachel became a patron, Justin and Rachel. If Rachel, if you're out there, uh, Nuggets, Chris, Philip, everybody out there who's out there in the chat, Larry, welcome. Larry's watching Maury Povich. Man, there was nothing better than coming from a broken home where nobody cared if I went to school or not so I could just stay home and watch Maury Povich. And wait for those. You are not the father reactions. You took pepper spray in the documentary. <laughs> uh, have I rode a camel in Iraq? No. Um, that's more like something you would do in Dubai, but I didn't do that either. So I don't know. Justin, do we ever ride camels in uh, Dubai? I don't even remember. I don't think so. Maybe we uh, rode elephants or something like that in somewhere. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't remember it. But uh, whew, I don't remember much about those port calls. Those port calls around the world in countries I can't pronounce that you don't even know exist doing crazy things when I was 21 years old, 20 years old, 19 years old. Good times. So we have an incredible show today. We have some fun stuff from the Air Force. We have some, some fun stuff uh, out of the Pentagon. There's been a big conversation going on lately about critical race theory, which I don't want you guys to jump into the chat with an answer right now, but think about this. And when we get to it, what is critical race theory in your own words? That's the question right now, right? What is critical race theory? And is it becoming, is it, is it, is it something spreading through the military causing problems. That's what we're going to talk about. We've got, uh, we've got, uh, the worst, the most disgusting crime that we're ever going to cover on the scuttlebutt show. I don't think it can be topped. I don't think it can be topped. I'm going to go ahead and say right now, we're going to talk about the worst crime, not only that we've ever covered on the show, but maybe we'll ever cover on this show. Absolutely horrendous. Something out of uh, your worst nightmare horror movie type situation. So no camels, just bar tabs and hookah. Oh yeah. A lot of hookah. They had camel rides in Israel. Uh, have you, yes. So if you ever get a chance to ride a camel, I think, I, I don't think I've ever ridden a camel, but I would definitely take that chance, uh, if I could. So also, by the way, I just created that poll. Hopefully you guys had a chance to answer it and, uh, I'm going to see, can I end it? Let's see, let's end the poll and let's see if we can get some results if that'll pop up, I literally don't even know what that is. It's brand new at the bottom of my screen. So thank you. It was a hundred percent. Yes. That you guys are excited for today's show. So it's one more way that we can get something going in the chat, get something going hundred percent. Yes. Out of six votes. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get the damn show started. Then how about that? The air force hosted an art competition because that's how little they have to do. 
They said, you know what, Air Force, let's go ahead and get you guys with some colored pencils, some acrylics, some watercolor, paint by numbers, whatever. You can sketch something out. The Air Force hosted their big art competition, whether it's annual or whatever it is, first time, and they posted the results. So here are the results of the Air Force's annual art competition as posted on their Twitter page. <sighs> here is, believe it or not, this is what you're looking at here on your screen. If you're listening on the podcast, I'm, I'll try to describe it, is the adult accomplished section. Now, I don't know what that means. Like the adult accomplished, like they are considering themselves pre professional artists, but I don't know about all that. So we've got first place, uh, somebody drew some whiskey, a whiskey glass and bottle with what may be some dog tags, if anybody can tell something better than that, and a, and a stopwatch, or not a stopwatch, but a pocket watch. Uh, very interesting. Very, it was a definitely like something you would do in, it looks like something that you would do in high school. Somebody drew a Marine staff sergeant, uh, but it's a bulldog um, for the face. So in their dress blues. And then somebody else drew an Air Force, uh, looks like staff sergeant, because they have four stripes. And, uh, and then that person is also skydiving. I don't know who they are. I don't know who that's a rendition of. I'm sure it's somebody very important to the person who drew it. Maybe somebody very important to the Air Force. So that's pretty cool. Now, I can't say that these are bad, okay? I'm not going to sit here, look you guys right in the eye, and tell you that these are not good pieces of art. I'd be wrong, and I'd be lying. But this is the adult accomplished section. And wait till you see what's next. Okay, wait till you see what's next. We've got the adult novice, a thousand times better than the adult accomplished. Why is the novice artwork so much better than the adult accomplished? Are you guys seeing this? What's better? Maybe I should create another poll. What's better? Let me see. Let me see. I'm going to create another poll. What's better? Apostrophe better. Uh, adult accomplished or adult novice. And we can, we can have a huge fight about it. Okay. So I'm creating another poll. So let's go ahead. Let's have a huge fight. So I'm telling you guys, in my opinion, I think the adult novice is better than the adult accomplished. I'm looking at this. We've got a portrait first place. It looks awesome. The portrait looks awesome. Very good. Black and white portrait. Maybe done with, uh, on that black paper that you carve out, like the carbon paper that you actually carve out. Something almost Salvador Dali-like with a clock and some birds into the face of a woman, very cyberpunk, industrial looking. And then it uh, kind of disappears into what might be a flag, an American flag. Um, and then we've got a puppy in a field, a puppy in a field done with what appears to be colored pencil because there's colored pencils on the artwork there. And, uh, and I'm going to go with that I think the uh, adult novice is better. And right now it's 50-50 in the polls. Justin says they might be using accomplished in a non-standard form. I assume that. I assume that that's the case. But what, what do you think it could mean? What could it mean other than if they, what if they ranked themselves and they said, what do you consider yourself? An accomplished artist or a novice artist? What do you consider yourself? We're still 50-50. MC number two on novice is fire. I agree completely. What's up, Shino? Welcome to the chat. I agree completely that the number, the second place is really, really good. Now it is a little, it's just black and white, you know, 
maybe ink sketch, pens, pen, pen and pencil sketch. It is a little like uh, borderline unfinished, but I will say, I think novice. Now I'll go back to accomplished really quick. So we'll go back to accomplished. Here's accomplished again. The, when I see accomplished, I see 10th grade art class, like the good kids, like the good students in 10th grade art class. That's what I see. So I'm looking at this. I'm like, Hey, you know, Ben, that's pretty good. Is this Ben's? This must be Ben's. It's pretty good. I, I can tell. I can tell this is Ben's because I, I think it's really good. And then in second place there, that's like, that's like Kelly's. Kelly's is okay. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's like, you know, it's not like uh, going to change my life artwork. And then I feel like third place is probably the best. Third place is the best that I'm seeing. In my opinion, it's creative. It's a little abstract. They put the dog's head on the Marine uniform, which is, uh, you know, very popular right now. People are getting their dogs put on portraits of like Kings and stuff right now. You can do that online. Like sometimes in sporting events, they have different classes, heats, and sometimes they use nice adjective for the disabled heats, or maybe I'm way off. So I thought about that. I did think about that. Like maybe accomplished means old. Maybe accomplished means old. I, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I couldn't tell. But, but novice is not very good sounding. Novice is, that means you're new. That means you're a beginner, right? Like how do you, how do you determine that you're a novice? So right now we're sitting at the poll is 60% for adult accomplished. I'm about to end the poll in about 10 seconds. So if you guys haven't voted yet and you're interested in voting, make sure you do because the poll is about to end. And then we're going to move on to see what else the other categories. So do you guys think that, first of all, do you guys think that the Air Force art competition is a good way to encourage airmen to uh, get involved in community? Is this a good way to have a little competition? Okay, we're going to wrap up the poll. It's been, ten, it's been that 10 seconds. And the poll, it's literally a 50-50 split between adult accomplished and adult novice. These polls are fun, actually. It's a 50-50 split between adult accomplished and adult novice. So we can't, I guess we just can't tell. I guess we just can't tell. Uh, should I get back to painting? Yeah, totally. So here we've got youth ages 13 to 17, which why is second place so good? Why is second place so, I mean, that lollipop is a little oblong shaped. Uh, it probably should be rounder. Maybe she should have used a, uh, a guide there, a compass to make that. But um, let's see, should I get back to painting 50-50? Uh, Damn, I know it's, it's undecided. It's undecided. So I don't know. That lollipop's pretty interesting. I like the strawberry too. The strawberry is very realistic. And then we've got youth ages nine to 12. Ages nine, I mean, not bad. It's third place. What's third place doing though? Why is third place so good in this one? What's going on in second place? Like it's a split portrait thing, but they, there's no real split. It's just like less saturated, less contrast. I don't, I don't quite get it maybe. First place is like a, is like a very interesting looking leopard or tiger or what is that you guys think T leopard i don't know but i like third place here i'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go third place is my vote there so that's the air force art competition you guys i saw this and i was like oh that's kind of fun that's kind of fun why is there a uh, an air force art competition that's pretty cool um so that's that's uh that's that we've now seen the four categories in the first second third place um so welcome everybody who's joined since we started that story. That's a weird way to start the show. That's a little different than normal. Um, let's see, Techno Ruffles, what on earth? What on earth? So welcome to the chat. That was the Air Force art competition for everyone who was, uh, who's probably trying to figure out what they just jumped in on. I think adult novice was the best. A cheetah, 
a cheetah. Yes. Thank you for uh, correcting me on my animal identification there. Um, we've got uh, something interesting here. So we've been talking a lot about six days in Fallujah, obviously six days in Fallujah, the game. And they recently went on NPR. Is it okay to commemorate one of Iraq's bloodiest battles in a video game? But, but we're not going to get too into this. Uh, this is about whether or not six days in Fallujah should exist. They go on to say, uh, stuff that we've talked about on this channel more and more, uh, often, like we've talked about this a lot in the show, uh, that six days in Fallujah is coming out. The six days in Fallujah is controversial. I've got all my videos on the channel about it. All they do is they go on to say the game is still in production. It's not canceled. It's due out. Uh, holiday season this year. Hopefully we'll be hearing about some alpha versions of gameplay and stuff soon. And that's it. So I do, I did remember something reading this though, cause they were talking about how they interviewed actual troops and how the, uh, the controversy is family members of people killed in the second battle of Fallujah don't want to see this game come out because, uh, they feel like it's too soon. Um, I don't necessarily think that I think it's a it's video games is another form of art. It is a great way to get a message across and to teach people about things. We've got video games about all kinds of horrible stuff. I mean, video games have always been controversial from, from pre mortal Kombat days. I remember mortal Kombat being the good one or the big one, grand theft auto being another big one. And video games have just always like, you know, been a hot topic for, um, public discourse on whether or not they're good or bad for people. Looking forward to the Marine drawing contest. Hopefully they'll finish their drawings before finishing the crayons. Oh, sick burn techno ruffles. That's actually really good. That's going to make it in the highlight reel. So the game is not canceled. I remember, I just want to tell you guys a, a story. Um, I was in, when I was in San Diego, I'm like 19 years old, pre 18 years old, 19 years old, pre first deployment on the Reagan. We were going down to Tijuana. That was like the thing to do. Go down to Tijuana, party it up, uh, go across the border, spend, you know, Friday night down there, Saturday night down there, whatever, get a cheap hotel, Revolution Boulevard, and do that whole thing, do that whole number. So one night we're out there and we're at, uh, I think, Mystery, Club Mystery, something like that. And we start talking to these dudes. And remember, this is in 2004, okay? This is in 2004, 2005 time. And we're talking to these Marines. It was probably 2005 by the time I would, this, it probably happened in 2005 in like the spring of 2005. So we're down there. We meet these dudes in the club. We're hanging out, having some drinks. And they're like, oh yeah, we're Marines. We just got back from Iraq. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And I remember this like so clearly because it was so, it was like really impactful. And this Marine goes to me, he's like, what are you? And I'm like, oh, we're Navy. He goes, oh, cool, man. Navy's awesome. We worked with the Navy a lot in Iraq. I remember I ran into this. And then out of nowhere, he's like, I ran into this one house, had my shotgun, got two inches away from a dude, boom, blew his face off. And I was like, oh my God, why are you telling me that? Like when I said in the Navy, I meant like, I'm, I'm, I haven't even been on a deployment on a ship yet. Just so you know, uh, I cannot relate to that, but Dudes were coming back from Iraq with these insane stories, like these, these insane, these house to like going through house to house in Fallujah, for example, clearing houses room to room, clearing out insurgents in this extremely violent battle. And I just didn't know back then. Like I had no idea, you know, being a junior sailor out of San Diego, I'm talking to a dude who just got back from one of the bloodiest times of the entire Iraq war. We're having a conversation and I've got no idea. I had no idea. So I feel like, you know, it could be good to have this. It could be good to have this. And people will understand maybe what veterans went through in Iraq and Afghanistan a little bit. You can kind of experience that 
that walking through the city type environment. Maybe it'll be good. Maybe not. I'm not sure how it'll be. I remember having a conversation with somebody the other day and they were saying like, uh, was it on this show? They were saying um, that people would go up and ask them like, uh, oh no, it was uh, on Discord. People talking about uh, uh, being being a Medal of Honor recipient and being out signing books and people would come up and say like, these really insensitive questions, like here's how I would have done it. I almost joined them. I almost joined the army, stuff like that. People just don't know. People have no idea what it was like for those who were over there. And so maybe this is just a good way to let people know, understand a little bit, empathize a little bit more. What do you guys think? Let's see. Damn, I would imagine those Marines beat your ass in a bar. No, no, we were good. We were hanging out. Talk to a Fallujah. Yeah. Uh, in YouTube comments once. Yeah, but it was like right after. You know what I mean? Like in 2005, like right after they had come home from deployment. And I had no idea. Uh, when is my basic training? It was in 2004. Because when it first came out, it was just after the battle, about two or three years in 2009, I think. Yes, that's true. They first tried to make this game in 2009, shortly after the uh, uh, Battle of Fallujah actually happened, the second Battle of Fallujah in November 2004. So that was only five years later. And they're still saying too soon. So we're going to have a big conversation. I hope, I hope we have a big conversation. I'd love to hear from you guys in the chat about critical race theory, uh, here in a second, but I'm going to critical race theory is going to be like the way to cool down after this next story. Cause I said to you guys, the worst crime that we've ever covered on this show, right? I said that the worst crime we've ever covered on the scuttlebutt show. And I think the worst crime we ever will cover on the scuttlebutt show. I mean, it has to be. I can't imagine a worse criminal, a worse thing to do. It makes me sick. Like, I've said that before, but now worse than ever. This is the most horrible thing that we've ever covered on this show is this next story. I don't even know how to prepare you guys for this, okay? Viewer warning, this, uh, this, this content, this next part is going to be rough. Okay, if you have, if you if you have, you know, sensitivities to getting triggered by by you know stories of horrific crimes, this is your viewer warning. Okay, viewer, be advised. This is about to happen. Okay, I'm gonna give it about five more seconds. If you don't want something that might piss you off, uh, now would be the time to tune out. But if you guys want to know this story, then stay tuned. So here we go. Sailor called vile, inhuman creature sentenced to 210 years for rape and assault of infants and toddlers. Rape and assault of infants and toddlers? Uh, From New London, Connecticut, Navy sailor Randall Tilton was sentenced to 210 years in federal prison Tuesday for the sexual abuse of seven infants and toddlers in a case U.S. District Judge Jeff Meyer and government prosecutors called the worst of its kind they've ever seen. And why is it the worst that they've ever seen? Just wait. This gets sicker and sicker the more you know about it. Parents of the victims who appeared in the courthouse were not very pleased with this gentleman. One mother described him as a vile, inhuman creature. Another said, I don't wish you death, but a long life full of pain. That's me, okay? This is the kind of like, uh, like I hate people like this. Like I hope this guy, this is the way that I hate people. I hope that this guy goes to prison and suffers for decades. 
A father who addressed the court struggled to deliver a profanity-laced condemnation. I beg of you, Your Honor, don't ever let him out. A mother of one of the victims said, he belongs in the general population, and I understand what that would mean for him, and I don't care. She, what she's saying is the reputation of child molesters in prison. It's not just, and, and listen, it's, it's, it gets worse, okay? He tried to apologize, but who cares? He's not sorry. He's just sorry he got caught. It's not just the production of child pornography, the video and images for your own satisfaction, which is not even a charge in this case. What really sets it apart is the scores and scores of hands-on acts of sexual abuse of seven children, much worse than hands-on, that goes on for year after year after year. And for some of these children, it's rape. There's no other word for it. Rapes of children who knew you and who knew you, and who you knew could not complain. We're talking about this guy raped babies filmed it and uploaded it to the dark web where it was viewed tens of thousands of times. And he engaged in the comments section of this. Okay. This is this, how sick this bastard is in our, the, the defense argued for a 30 year sentence saying they wanted to see some daylight at the end of the tunnel, but the judge was not impressed. Troubled by the choice of victims, children under your complete women control was, and he was not to be persuaded by the defense saying if he got out in his 50s, he would still be a threat. I also think about the peace of mind of your victims, Meyer said. I heard them loud and clear. Meyer adopted prosecutor's recommendation that Tilton serve a sentence at Federal Medical Center Devens, a federal prison in Eastern Massachusetts for male inmates requiring specialized or long-term medical or mental health care. So that's probably getting off a little easy. He has to pay back $900,000 in restitutions, which he won't ever because he's going to be in prison. I hope they, I hope they get it somewhere from somewhere. Tilton, a New Hampshire native who was stationed at Naval Sub Base. These damn sub submarine folks are so... Submarine people are weird. Not that this guy represents submarine people, but just as a side note, submarine people can be weird. Based in New London aboard the USS South Dakota as a machinist mate first class in MM1, waived his right to be indicted and pled guilty in December to child pornography offenses related to his sexual abuse of two infants as young as four months old. As young as four months old. Five toddlers, most of whom were about three and... When his abuse began, this spanned three states, California, New Hampshire, and Connecticut over the course of eight years, Tilton violently raped two infants and published videos he had made of his abuse to the dark web. He took pornographic photos of the Navy comrade of a Navy comrade's four-year-old daughter at a barbecue and raped and recorded videos of the seven-year-old daughter of a local woman he met on a dating app. I can't even read. I'm like trembling. I'm just thinking the moment that the parents realize what's been happening, the, like imagine the moment you realize your child has been victimized by this person, uh, raped, filmed it, and put it on the dark web where it's never going to disappear now. It's going to be out there forever. It's probably been downloaded thousands of times and spread to you know millions of places. It's hard to imagine what would lead a person to do this. It is inconceivable that a person could be so inherently evil as to prey upon infants. Randall Tilton, however, is a personification of that very evil. It's difficult to overstate or even adequately state the horrifying nature of his crimes. Uh, it's among the most horrific scene in his district, they say. He got 30 years for every count, adding up to 210 years, which needless to say is a life sentence. <sighs> Tilton's own words captured in comments he made in forums on a dark web and chilling letters sent from prison demonstrate that he reveled in the abuse and brutality he inflicted. He's sick. He's sick. Meyer referred to Tilton's letter to Grant to a, the grandfather figure as that remarkable letter you wrote. Tilton confessed to Grottentown police that he had assaulted his first victim when she was six months old. 
Investigators obtained 35 videos and 66 images of that abuse over the course of several years. The abuse only ended when he was arrested. So he did it right up until the day he was arrested. Investigators found more than 8,000 videos and photos of infants and toddlers sexually abused by in Tilton's possession. Not even a human. This is not a human. Look at this guy. Not human. A monster. Just the evilest of evil. And I feel bad even for the police. I, I even, like, imagine you're the police and you discover this stuff. Like, ah, it's, you, you realize that this has already happened, right? When you find, when you find, like, evidence of something having happened, you're like, it's done. It, it already happened. It happened to these people and you can't fix it. You can't do anything. Now all you can do is lock this person up, but there's nothing you can do for the victims. So this sailor, which I don't even want to call him that, despicable person, Randall Tilton, who served in the Navy and became an MM1 and even assaulted one of his coworkers, one of his shipmates' kids. Imagine being, you. imagine working with this guy, being stationed on a ship with him, deploying with him. He lives in Iraq above you. And you know, on his laptop, he's probably got tons of child porn. He's been watching it. I wonder if there are any warning signs. I would want to hear from his coworkers. I want to hear from the people he served with. If anybody sees this, when I post this clip, the full clip on the web, if anybody who knew this guy wants to come talk to me on the show, I would love to hear from you. Leave it in the comments. If you, uh, if you know who this guy is, leave it in the comments. I would love to hear from you. It, I, what kind of person was he at work? Were there warning signs? Unreal. Unbelievable. Look, guys, I want to remind you, this could be anybody. This could be anybody out there, okay? Always be careful with who you let around your kids. I mean, this is unbelievable, Un unreal. I can't, I can't get over, I really can't get over it. Uh, it's kind of, it's super shocking. The worst thing we've ever covered on this show. Dear mother of Joseph, sick person, OMG. Keel haul him on an aircraft carrier. Same, wish, we, wish him a life of pain. Rack saw, put him in cell with Bubba, lock him up for life. Show him no mercy. He's going to die in prison for sure. Uh, he's a monster. No other way to describe him. Those guys going through his files are messed up for life. Doesn't deserve our country. People had to know he was a weirdo. Oh, for sure. People had to know he was a weirdo. 95% of a cop's job is spent with the bottom 5% of society. Yep. Being this close to this man, his workers feel so shocked. Or do they? Or do they feel shocked? Or do they go, I knew there was something up with that guy. I wonder if there was any prior reports of anything happening. You know, I wonder if there was anything that a chance that somebody could have intervened, uh, somebody called, somebody said, hey, this guy is suspicious as hell, questionable behavior. <sighs> Look, not to be, not to go from bad to worse here. I know for some of you, this might be a triggering topic. Critical race theory. Okay. We're going to get off that story about that perverted child molester. Critical race theory. I asked you guys at the beginning of the show, what is that? So if you guys have an answer as to what that is, I would love to hear it in your own words. Because if you go online right now and try to look up what it is, you're going to find a lot of different stuff. And most of it's pretty, sounds pretty bad. And people who try to make it sound good have not done a good job, in my opinion, explaining how it's going to, what the outcome of critical race theory is, right? Critical race theory, what's the end state? Okay, what's the end state of this idea of critical race theory and the study of it and the expression of it. So tell me 
what you guys think about critical race theory in the comments. I'm curious. It's come up on the Scuttlebutt Show because this week, the Pentagon, the Secretary of Defense, the Chief Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the Chief of Naval Operations, have all come under fire from Congress asking why the military is starting to adopt certain books and thinkings into its ranks. So let's go over here. Austin and Milley, General Milley, push back on lawmakers' extremism, critical race theory challenges. So they've been getting grilled all week by Congress, and they've had some things to say. So if you guys don't know, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, there's a video all about him and his bio on my YouTube channel. And then the uh, General Milley is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. So they've been sitting there, which is the, the general in charge of the entire rest of the generals and admirals that oversee the entire military. The highest ranking person in the military is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. The outcome is knowledge and knowledge is power. Well, but that's like very abstract though. Like what does, what does a day in the life of America look like at the end of that knowledge, right? That's what I'm, that's what I'm asking. What's the, what's the goal? What would be different? Because my, my thing is you can't teach people how to, you can't really change people. You can't change. Some people are going to be good. Some people are going to be bad. And something like this in the classroom cannot, the only way to change people is a lot of these lessons are taught from passed down from generation to generation. So how does this, how does this help? Okay, like what is the end state? What does the world look like at the end of the ideas expressed in critical race theory? So the Pentagon's top leaders on Wednesday offered full-throated defenses of their handling of extremism and diversity issues amid challenges from House Republicans skeptical of efforts to root out radicals and racists in the military force. Now, one person did send me an, an article, okay? I haven't covered it on the show yet, of a colonel in charge of an army unit who was putting out basically like uh, racist statements against white people at a command, what we call it a quarters or a muster. Uh, and it was actually really, really kind of sketch. Uh, but it's the only example I've seen from the military. I haven't heard anybody reach out to me to tell me that anything's happening at work. I haven't heard anything about any training except for that mandatory training that everybody had earlier this year. And everyone said that was pretty much not a big deal. I haven't heard anything else from anybody, nothing anecdotal about anything happening in the military regarding this issue, extremism training, race training, anything like that. The Pentagon is not looking to punish troops for their political beliefs or mandate service members to be taught so-called critical race theory. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin told the House Armed Services Committee, the typically stoic Pentagon leader grew emotional at times as several Republican lawmakers questioned the stand down that he ordered in February to discuss extremism and accused the military of embracing critical race theory. I don't know what the issue of critical race theory is and what the relevance is here with the Defense Department, Austin told Matt Gates, We don't teach critical race theory. We don't embrace critical race theory. And I think that's spurious conversation. Let's see. It's a divide and conquer, commie psyop, dumb AF. I think the outcome is knowledge. Those books are being pushed by the Biden administration. None of the generals, admirals have time for that. It is intended to sow racial tensions. I wonder what the crossover is for people who claim to be against CRT and people who didn't want to repeal Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Well, I, I've seen a lot of stuff about CRT in the news. And what I've seen mostly is, uh, people from public schools speaking out about it, right? You see all these videos from public schools. And then 
people who come out, like including pre- former President Obama, who've come out in defense of critical race theory and the ideas of it, haven't, in my opinion, have not done a good job expressing to in to me as like just a average person uh, what the what the expected outcome is or the desired outcome. That's what I don't get. Like nobody's been able to explain to me end state because I'm thinking. Here's how I think about it. This is a problem that we can hope to see positive change in in 50 years or 100 years, okay? Nothing's going to change tomorrow. Nobody's going to change tomorrow and nobody's going to change in five years and nobody's going to change in 10 years. The expectation that this is, that the problem of bias and and, uh, prejudice is going to end in our lifetime or in our effective lifetime until we're all old and retired is kind of silly to me. People aren't going to change. The only thing that could change is punishing people for how they are now. But the idea of changing people for the better is over the horizon thinking. That's what I think. So we need to understand our past. I want to be, oh, oh, I skipped something here. Uh, Austin testified Wednesday before the House Armed Services Committee alongside General Mark Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, in defense of the Pentagon's $715 billion budget. Uh, another lawmaker, Mike Waltz from Florida, challenged Austin on the inclusion of CRT, a CRT book in at least one class at the U.S. Military Academy and a seminar attended by some 100 West Point cadets entitled Understanding Whiteness and White Rage. Uh, we need to understand our past. I want to be very clear, but can you agree at least that understand whiteness and white rage probably is something that we shouldn't be teaching our future leaders of the United States Army? Waltz, who is a retired Green Beret, asked Austin. Austin graduated West Point as he's the first ever black defense secretary. We've talked about that before. Agreed what Waltz described was likely inappropriate, but he added he would need more specifics to reach a conclusion. So they actually agree there. They actually agree that teaching a class called whiteness and understanding white rage is not a good thing to be teaching at a military academy. Millie had a different idea. The general admitted he didn't have a full understanding of the issue of critical race theory, which is described by Harvard University as an area of academic study that examines racism as systemic. But he said troops should be exposed to many ways of thinking, especially in the military works, to improve equity within the ranks. He says troops should be open minded and well read. The general said and he said that something about, you know, the, the attack on the Capitol and why that happened, understanding why that happened. He says, I want to understand white rage and I'm white and I want to understand it. So what is it that caused thousands of people to assault this building and try to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America? What caused that? I want to find out, Millie says. He goes on to say that he's read other books on Mark from Karl Marx, Mao Zedong, Vladimir Lenin. That doesn't make him a communist. So what's wrong with reading the book or recommending the book? By the way, this book that we're talking about comes from the Chief of Naval Operations recommended reading list, which we're going to talk about here in a second. So... Let's see. With all far left ideas, there is no end state. They will just keep moving the goalposts. CRT is a political ideology where people are prejudged based on race, creed, and color. Why can't the outcome just be exposure? Some people take weird paths to understanding. So to me, the more exposure, the better. Expose what? In my experience, races come from all races. Exposure to facts and events that make you uncomfortable. Well, I, I do wonder at what age is that appropriate? Because now we're seeing people teaching like very, very young children, these things that are in my opinion, kind of over their head. Like this is an adult conversation, not a child conversation, but the problem is adults teach children bad habits. So we're looking at, uh, we're looking at parents teaching kids bad habits. And then those kids learn about them too late. 
I don't know. I don't know. I'm not pretending to be some kind of psychologist up here, education expert or something like that, but I see things that are definitely questionable coming out of this conversation. And I don't understand what the, uh, what the goal is. Justin says it's exposure and conversation. I think that's great. Uh, but it seems like it's more than that too. CRT is an ideology promoted by self-declared racists for the sake of promoting racism. It's literally bringing, been bringing back segregation everywhere from schools to the private sector, to the military. I see that. I see some of that stuff when I, when I see it on TV, uh, and then not just what I see on TV, but I see what I see mainly in schools, right? Videos, cell phone videos of things being said at school board meetings and stuff like that is definitely, uh, it's definitely a little sketch. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Things seem weird right now. I'm in Japan, so I don't know. Um, that book pushes Marxism and anti-capitalism, which goes against everything that the country stands for now. Okay. So let's talk about the book. So there's a book on the 2021 chief of naval operations reading list, which is up on your screen right now, by the way, it's all these books. There's 25, 37, uh, 53 books on it. And it's broken down. Now there is, uh, now there is no standard to how the chief of naval operations reading list recommended reading list is broken down. But this is the 2021 chief of naval operations reading list. The reference here is nav admin 46 slash 21. It's broken down into four categories. The categories are readiness, capabilities, capacity, and sailors. Now, the controversy comes from the section. Let's get the full context of the conversation here. The problem comes from the section here. The controversy comes from the section here called sailors. And in there, there's a book called How to Be Anti-Racist. The author is Ibram Kendi, and you can look up everything about him. It's not hard to find. There's a lot of videos online. I watched a couple about him and about this book and some of the quotes from inside the book. I haven't read the entire book full disclosure. So I'm not going to comment on it because I haven't read it. So it wouldn't be right to comment on just a YouTube video I've seen, but here, look at, let's look at this. Let's look at this reading list as a whole, because Congress members, right? Congress members have really gotten after the military about this list. Okay. Let's look at the list as a whole in the readiness section. Books like Neptune's Inferno, Sea Power, The Leader's Bookshelf, Leaders Eat Last, The Infinite Game, What It's Like to Go to War. Okay, that's the readiness section. Within the capability section, Army of None, Artificial Intelligence Basics, uh, The Fifth Domain, Defending Our Country, Our Companies, and Ourselves in the Age of Cyber Threats, The New Rules of War, The Perfect Weapon, War, Sabotage, and Fear in the Cyber Age. So a lot of stuff about cyber. A lot of stuff about cyber. No Ordinary Disruption. The four global forces breaking all the trends. Um, the inevitable, understand the 12 technological forces that will shape our future. So a lot about technology and a lot of futurist thinking here. There's a lot of forward thinking. Capacity, fearless, the undaunted courage and ultimate sacrifice of a Navy SEAL. SEAL Team 6 operator, Adam Brown. Uh, by the way, if you don't know the story of Adam Brown, you should look it up. Um, the last stand of the tin can sailors. Sea power, the history and geopolitics of the world's oceans. Uh, the end of our grand strategy, U.S. maritime operations in the 21st century. The second most powerful man in the world, the life of Admiral William Leahy. And then sailors, the sailors section. Here, ego is the enemy. Well, I can get behind that. I say that all the time. Ego is your biggest enemy. The Dichotomy of Leadership by Jocko, a Jocko book. You guys know I love Jocko books. Uh, we can't talk about it, that at work, how to talk about race, religion, politics, and other polarizing topics. Military ethics what everyone needs to know. Sexual minorities and politics. Start with why. The character gap. 
character. How good are we? No pity, the road to character, the honest truth about dishonesty. So basically all books about character, right? And if you guys remember a couple weeks ago, recently, maybe last week, something like that, I explained to you the naval special word for the character performance chart. Do you guys remember the character performance chart? I won't get into it again, but basically it's a, it breaks everything down to quadrants and you want to be in the quadrant of high performance, high character. You don't want to be high performance, low character. You don't want to be low performance, high character. You don't want to be low, low. You want to be high performance, high character. And the Navy for a while, long before this critical race theory was a conversation, has been talking about improving character. So this is nothing new. And if the if the Admiral thinks that that book, How to Be Anti-Racist, belongs in the character section, it's not a big deal. I personally have never gone out of my way to read any books that are on the CNO's reading list. And I don't know too many people who have, unless they're... Uh, trying to brag about it. Then I think they're probably just lying. Probably reading the cliff notes. So let me catch up in the comments here real quick. Uh, well, let's see, where did I leave off? CRT, uh, the book pushes Marxism. When I was in the army, my, bu my boss was Mexican and his boss was black. I am white and the low man on totem pole. If there was systemic racism, how could that happen? Anti-racism equals racism with extra steps. Uh, Rick and Morty quote. What What's people's thoughts on the Frankfurt School? I don't know about that, Justin. Colleges have separate graduations for different race students. Really, the whole 60s civil rights movement was for people living and accepting people for what they are, not the color of their skin. Regal, you should tell more jokes. Uh, commie nonsense. Explain how it's possible. Uh, look forward to your mental gymnastics. Jocko race religion debate gets in the way of getting gains. <laughs> uh, the only group of people I don't, I know who dislike the Frankfurt School are anti-Semitic white supremacist, no gymnastics, just observances and situational awareness. I know, I don't know what that is. The Frankfurt school. I don't know what that is. So I guess I'll have to look it up. Um, uh, I, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it, it sounds like what the military is saying here. You know, it makes me wonder. It kind of makes me wonder. Uh, I was having this conversation with my wife the other day. If, where would we be today? Okay, I want ask yourselves this. Where would we be today if nobody cared when Colin Kaepernick took a knee? Right? Where would we be today if Colin Kaepernick took a knee for the national anthem and people were just cool with that? Like I, I think everyone should have been. It was a it was a the ultimate peaceful protest. Like the ultimate. But we couldn't be cool with it. National news, kick him out of the NFL, destroy it, destroy him, take him down. He's anti-American. He doesn't belong here. The president saying people who kneel for the national anthem are anti-American. They don't have, they don't deserve a job. The president of the United States said that. That's not a quote, paraphrasing. So where would we be today? Right? I've heard people say, you know, uh, Martin Luther King went for peaceful protests and he was killed and he was murdered. So where would we be today if when people did try to do the least, we accepted it? I don't know. Because we haven't. I haven't seen anybody as a whole, as a whole, all of us come together and accept somebody's stance on something. We're always attacking people. We're always attacking each other. So what happens? It Here's how I see it. It escalates. Then you attack that and it escalates and then you attack that. I'm shaking my camera around. And it escalates. This is how I see it. This is what I see. Where would we be today if when Colin Kaepernick took a knee, everyone was just like, that's fine. Would we be having this conversation? I don't know. I don't know. Good question. 
Good question. Do I think racism is real? Of course. Look no further than the stories we cover on this show. We had one a few months ago about the, the head of the board of directors at the Naval Academy. Uh, accidentally left his like uh, Skype call on. He started shouting out N-words. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, there, I don't even know. I don't know what systemic racism means. I don't know how people... People seem to define that differently. Nobody seems to have a, a singular explanation of what that is. But do I think there are a lot of people in power who are biased? Yeah. I mean, the evidence is out there. We've seen it. Do I think that teaching people that they should feel one way or another about the being born a certain way? No, that's ludicrous to me. It's outrageous. Completely outrageous. Just being born. It doesn't mean you're not, you're not anything when you're born. You don't have any thoughts. You, they're all taught. They're all learned from parents, from siblings, from school. And if schools are teaching people to feel good or bad or anything solely about the color of their skin, well, I'm against that. So if people are teaching that, then I feel pretty bad for, uh, for those poor kids. He was not kicked out of the NFL. His talent was far below the rest of the distraction brought by any team, period. That was almost 200 years ago. I'm talking about now. Uh, Colin sucks. No, I don't care about it if he was good or bad at football. I'm talking about the media attention that it got. I think the response was a little crazy, but I understand why people wouldn't like seeing someone show their lack of respect for what their nation stands for. But it's not your nation. All right? I'll tell you guys, it's not yours and it's not mine. It's, it's just the way it is. It's everybody's, collectively. So if somebody feels like they have to express themselves, which is well within their rights, well within their rights, then they should have the right to do it. We've had this conversation about burning the flag. Hey, let me go over here. We've had this conversation about burning the flag too. When somebody burns the flag, I feel sad. I want to know why. Why are you burning the flag? And maybe they have some stupid ass reason that makes no sense and they're just a loser. Or maybe they're pissed about something. Maybe they were in the army, you know? This stuff happens. We had the guy, the army soldier burning his uniform a few weeks ago. I mean, it's not the flag, but burning his uniform a, few, uh, a couple months ago. All this stuff. So... Long story short, coming out of this meeting that the military had, the Pentagon had with Congress, this hearing, I should say, they basically said that CRT is not a thing in the military. Uh, it, it's not something that they're teaching. This is from De Lloyd Austin himself. CRT is not something they're teaching. It's not something that they're pushing. And uh, anything to, to state, state otherwise is disingenuine. But I still don't get, I, I still don't think that anybody really knows what we're doing with this. That's what I think. Nobody knows. I mean, it's, it's a brand new thing. So nobody knows. I just think that's, let's see, what's going on in the chat? Larry's right. Colin sucks. <laughs> I think the response was a little crazy. Uh, that's a fair point. I just think that's where people were coming from. Um, yeah, but that's exactly the opposite of what the constitution, right? The free, freedom of speech stands for. That's basically you're saying you love the constitution so much if anybody uses the Constitution in a way that you don't like, you're going to shut them down. Not you, but that's what people are saying. I love America. I love the Constitution so much that if somebody dares disrespect it in the way that they're absolutely entitled to by their First Amendment rights, then I'm going to freak out and attack them. That makes no sense. It's a, we have to have some humility. We have to have some respect for other people, even when they're doing things that we don't like. So, like I said... Like I said, uh, I don't know if you guys saw it, but amazingly, shockingly, I had a camera rolling when everyone got the alert on their phone that Colin Kaepernick kneeled for the flag like the first time. Uh, and 
and everyone was like, what a POS. And I was like, who cares? And there, and I have it on, I have it on camera. I can't share with you guys because of privacy concerns, but which I know sounds like BS. So feel free to not believe me, whatever. I don't care. I'm never going to show the video, but I was like, that's always how I felt. Like, who cares? He, and I've always felt that way about all these issues. Who cares? He feels like that's something he needs to do. If we just didn't freak out about it, then that'd be the end of it. Or we'll never know, I guess, because that's not what happened. So I guess we should be looking back and going, what have we all done that got us to where we are today? What, what do we all share in responsibility in regarding these issues? And maybe if we started asking those questions, we would come up with better solutions if CRT is this horrible thing. And I don't know. It's, I mean, it sounds in a lot of ways bad to me from what I've seen. People have failed to, from what I've seen, watching all different news channels and YouTubers on this stuff, people have failed to express to, in a way that I've understood how it's a good thing to pursue this as the course of action. Uh, and, and maybe just not, maybe not, maybe it's not a bad thing, but I don't see how it's a good thing. So, uh, and I do think that these conversations are, are fine to have. The conversation is fine to have because ultimately people who are at least old enough to engage in a conversation will still end up making their own decisions. Brainwashing is pretty difficult to do. The CIA's tried to do it a lot of times. So it's pretty hard to brainwash people. So when we, we're quick to say brainwashing, but people are pretty independent. They're pretty, people are pretty independent thinkers. Look at all the resistance that we have to ideas being pushed on us. So I'm not that worried that if people do start expressing this stuff, it's going to make people like robot thinkers, like unsympathetic thinkers, you know, just followers. I don't think so, but I could be wrong too. That's just what I think. Let's see. CRT has been around for over a decade, really took off around. Well, wasn't it from the eighties, which is uh, eerily coincidental and has slowly uh, seeped its way into institutions. They overstepped when they got into schools. Yeah, I think it should be, I think a lot of this stuff should be out of elementary schools, middle schools, high schools. For the most part, uh, I think it's overstepping, but who knows? I'm trying to remember if I learned, I mean, in, in high school, we did, we, you know, we read a lot of books about uh, racism, you know, like old books, but uh, those were like on the, on the high school standard, like reading list or whatever. And Back then, maybe our parents thought that that was like the CRT of now, you know, it's, it's weird. I just wonder every, I feel like part of me feels like everything's always the same for every generation and we're just hitting that age now. So this is our thing. And then in 20 years, it'll be something else for the next generation who are teenagers. Now I work with two women that grew up in Soviet Russia. They are two of the most ardent supporters of America. Number one. You don't get to discount historical events because they falsify your beliefs. The slave owners got reparations for each slave and that wealth has been passed down and grown. Hence wealth gap racial. It's hard to brainwash an individual with a developed framework. It's easy to brainwash the next generation with developing their worldview. Um, I'm not sure exactly what you mean, but it's hard. People are very independent and resistant to being controlled. And we've seen that throughout the history of time. So I'm not that worried about it. Uh, I don't know what the outcome is going to be. It'll probably just be more division is what it seems like. But yeah, I'm not worried about people being brainwashed or anything like that. So if you guys feel like you got more to say about it, feel free to hit me up on Instagram or email me at the scuttlebook show gmail.com and I'll have a conversation with you. Um, I basically think that these things should be kept out. These ideas, these social issues should be kept out of public schools. 
That's what I think. College is fine. College do whatever. Those are adults. And, uh, um, and I'm not denying that there are examples of systemic racism or anything like that. I think that there are things. Um, so, so by the way, guys, hope you're enjoying this conversation. Uh, all the ways to support the channel are in the description, including becoming a member right below this video, join button, join, become a member, work your way up through the icon ranks like Philip is. And, uh, and you can support that way and you can buy some merch at scuttlebuttshow.com. Um, so, okay, we're going to move on. We have one more story to cover. Uh, this one is not going to be too controversial. I hope maybe it will be, who knows? Maybe it will be, I don't know. Um, and we'll, and we'll wrap it up for today and we can continue this conversation tomorrow on the Q and a episode. Um, yes, kids are not resistant. Kids are, kids are still difficult to brainwash, so to speak, which means you basically like, uh, can, can get them to have a, I feel like kids are more inclined to follow their family than their teachers is what I think. So, uh, it's difficult to get somebody to have a predictable reaction or predictable actions based on things that you tell them to do. So that's what I consider like brainwashing to be. But anyway, anyway, moving on, I am moving on to something maybe we can all agree on. Veteran suicide is bad and a problem. And this filmmaker is looking to make an impact. We've got local filmmaker creates movie to shed light on veteran suicide. This is the movie out of the fight out of the fight is available now on some streaming services. It says it's available on Tubi, voodoo and Amazon prime video. I've only, I've heard of Tubi maybe I've never heard of voodoo, but Amazon prime video and you can go watch this. We'll show a trailer here in a second. In an effort to raise awareness about veteran suicide, one Alabama filmmaker set out to create a movie that captures the struggles of a U.S. Army veteran plagued by post-traumatic stress disorder and thoughts of a suicide as he attempts to readjust back into civilian life following multiple combat deployments. It's the brainchild of writer and director Steve Moon. The film follows Jason Pate, a fictional character who, following three deployments to Afghanistan, returns home and struggles to readjust to civilian life with his wife, Emily, and four-year-old daughter. The movie's real, not something you're going to see in Hollywood, but it's not low budget, they want you to know. They, and Russell Crowe is in it. So you can go watch uh, Russell Crowe. He's still out there making movies. Veteran suicides, have, veteran suicides have long been a problem that has eluded the grasp of experts despite a variety of mental health programs and resiliency training. In fact, the number of suicide deaths throughout the military ranks increased in the fourth quarter of 2020. The department recorded 156 deaths among all branches from October 1st to December 31st, which is up 25% from the same time in 2019. So certainly not... Uh, not a problem that we are out of the woods on for sure. Obviously, I think we all know somebody who's been affected by this, but let's watch the trailer for out of the fight. The link to the trailer is listed in the article here. It's, it's actually not a public video. The video is currently unlisted. So I'll drop it in the uh, chat here. So now you guys have a link to the, uh, a link to the trailer and we will watch it now. And you guys can tell me if you want to see this movie or not. I've got some critiques of it. We'll talk about it at the end. But yeah, here's the trailer. Hey, you're hey, gone. You're yeah, okay. you're gone. Ah! I got here? Sergeant Jason Pate, U.S. Army. Sergeant Randy Mitchell. How did you not bring it home with you? You don't have to talk to no one. 
Sometimes it's just better to listen, okay? Listen to people that's gone through the same thing that you're going through. So many things out there that make you just feel helpless. We're glad you're home. Thank you for your service. Appreciate it. I gotta tell you something, Jason. Joe pulled out his weapon. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm gonna talk to you about hate. There might be a problem. I have a four-year-old daughter. Coming home is just, it's tough to be a dad again. Now I feel like protecting her from me. I'm worried about you. I know this is hard for you. I wish you'd say something. All right, so that's out of the fight, the trailer. I don't know, what do you guys think? I gotta say, uh, some things that concern me about that movie as far as how good it's gonna be is that uh, when they're in uniform in Afghanistan, the guy still has his beard. So I feel like they're going to do a horrible job depicting the army. Uh, he's he's <laughs> obviously army, so he's gonna have, they might do a horrible job depicting the actual army um, in this, in this film, but I'm going to watch it and I'll, I'll drop a review for it and, um, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. What do you guys, I know you guys still talking about CRT in the chat there, but what do you guys think? Is that a movie you would watch? Or are you going to wait for my full review to make that determination? You guys talking about Steven Crowder. I did watch that Steven Crowder. I've seen it from all sides now. I have seen it from all sides now. And, uh, it's a little, it's a little overblown, the uh, attention that that's getting, in my opinion. Because, uh, Justin, you sent me that link. I watched the H3. I watched the whole history of what was going on. I watched the H3 segment uh, all the way through when Steven Crowder uh, signs off. And then I watched the Steven Crowder posted the whole uh, interaction before the episode started. And after having seen that, it, uh, it changed my perspective. And, I, and now I would say it's really not a big deal. I would not describe it as cowardly for him to sign off like that. Um, let's see. He had no obligation, just like he has no capability to defend his indefensible position since they lack evidence and we have observable results that prove him wrong. Yeah, I don't know too much about the uh, what they were. I don't know who that guy is, Steve. What's his name? Sieber or whatever. Um, I don't know who that is. Uh, I've never seen him. I've seen H3 before on clips. That, But H3 is a show that's like about it's like just not really about anything. I don't know. So I never really watched too much of it. I've just seen a few clips. Anyway, after you sent me that link, I did go check it all out. I watched the entire Steven Crowder clip repost the whole, you know, sound check to talking with the guy from H3 to when the whole thing, the event happens. And it definitely changes the perspective a little bit to see the whole thing. So I'll wait for that review. Lucas, what's up? King Sloan. Well, I'll wait for that review. Um, so yeah, you guys can continue to chat about that. Hey, you guys can go into Discord, Discord and have a conversation about it. I guess that's just like Steven Crowder, right? Uh, the opportunity to have a conversation is there. It's okay. Nobody knows who Cedar is. I did watch some of his videos um, after the fact. Uh, I don't know that much about him, but it was a little... Um, I, I mean, it just it's another... Steven Crowder is the same way. Okay, Steven Crowder is the same way and Cedar is the same way where I already know everything they're going to say. So why would I watch it? Like I could, I could tell you the whole, how the conversation is going to go. So 
if I watch those episodes, I'm not really going to learn anything. So I don't watch them too much. It's just hypocritical of Crowder because the, he bombards, interrupts people during, oh, t- totally. I totally agree with you. He does interrupt. He does interrupt. Uh, I've seen his change my minds, which I do try to watch those. I don't watch like these full podcasts or whatever of anybody. I do watch a lot of clips online. Um, but yeah, it's, it always goes pretty much how you would expect. Veteran suicide is a real problem. Oh, totally. Veteran suicide is a real problem. Uh, not to say that these other conversations we're having, like child molestation and racism are not real problems, but yeah, veteran suicide is a real problem. I'm going to watch this movie and I'll let you guys know what I think. Uh, I'll give you guys the full review. With all that being said, um, thank you guys for tuning in today. We'll try to get some, I'm going to take my doggy out and then we're going to do hopefully some gaming uh, this afternoon, my time. So with all that being said, you guys are the best as always. You guys are the best. And I will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow's Q&A episode. So bring your questions, whatever you guys want to talk about. We'll do that. We're going to be chilling, hanging out. It's going to be all good. Until then, that's the scuttlebutt.